This is The Culture Code with Kevin Cruz, founder and CEO of LeadX, the platform that helps you scale and sustain a high-performance culture. Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Cruz. Welcome to The Culture Code. Our guest today is the Chief People Officer at PSYOPs, Michelle Kemling. Michelle, welcome. And where are you joining from today? Thank you so much, Kevin. I am actually in Traverse City, Michigan, working from my home office today. Traverse City, Michigan. Normally, I'm from the beautiful town of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but I've been spending some extra time in California. And so in San Jose, which the weather has been perfect. I don't want to go back to Philadelphia. How's the weather been in Michigan lately? It's been a little rainy, but it is actually quite perfect right now. I relocated here from San Francisco. I miss that weather a great deal, but we're heading into fall. It's absolutely beautiful. I love that. I love that. Now, for those who aren't familiar with your organization, obviously a very important company. Tell us about it. What do you guys do? How big's the company? Yeah, we're a relatively, I'll say, small but mighty company at about 115 employees right now. And we partner with health systems, life science companies, labs, regulators, and we use our proprietary technology to transform real-world data into insights that can directly impact cancer care. So kind of in simple language, one of the things we do is empower healthcare orgs to work together that otherwise wouldn't be able to through transparent partnerships, and that helps them to better deliver complete patient insights that can inform patient care strategies. And I want you to break it down for me, um, not being a medical professional, even simpler, because I know you're doing important work. So if, unfortunately, I have been given a diagnosis of cancer, I've got a care team in place, you would become sort of an extension of the care team, helping interpret data and things of that nature? What we really do is if, if you think about the healthcare systems now and the different large community health systems, they tend to work more within their own system and not necessarily have access to data and insights across systems. And so for those types of community health systems, we're looking at being able to get really high quality data from disparate sources and bring that together in a way that they can use that data that gives them insights to what might be the best care or line of therapy, for instance, to treat someone with. And that's just kind of one arm of that, you know, our mission overall is just focused on really advancing real world care by being able to do this in a really great way and extinguish some of that fear and the burden of serious disease that happens with such a scary diagnosis as cancer. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think I've talked to chief people officers from super big companies to smaller companies, certainly on the large size, there's challenges like how do we scale this across so many people? I would imagine one of the challenges, smaller organization, just maybe less resources to invest in culture or training or these kinds of programs. But let's start at the beginning. How would you describe the culture that you work in, the culture that you're trying to create there? Yeah, you know, I think you're right on your first point. Sometimes you have to be a little scrappier and you have to be able to do a lot more with a lot less. And I definitely think we pride ourselves on that. But getting to what we do and our mission, a lot of folks actually join our company because they're so passionate about that and the impact that we can have on cancer and on that treatment. And I think through my conversations with employees across the company, what I hear the most is how they feel cared for and valued as individuals, not just an employee within the organization. 
And that really translates to a group of super smart people really leading with heart and caring for each other as much as about our mission. And that has really resulted in us being able to build tremendous cultural strength over time. And so what do you do with the new joiners, for example? So imagine I'm joining the company. What are you doing to make sure I'm understanding the culture and how I can be a good citizen and be a great culture ad? Yeah, that's a great question. I think in starting off, you know, right out of the gate and onboarding, we talk about our culture. We talk about our leadership principles as a part of that onboarding. I actually like to be the person that meets people on their first day. Right now it's via Zoom. We're a fully remote company and deliver that message along with other folks from my team. It's a way to actually form those connections and talk about it firsthand. Our culture, one of the things that has been really a tremendous experience for me is in joining the company, one of the top initiatives I had was to really define our culture and build our culture. And I have the good fortune of having worked at some just incredible companies with incredible leaders who had built amazing cultures that I was a part of and just learned so much from. This was the first time that I was coming into a mission-driven company, something I really deeply care about as well, and had to really work to define who are we, who do we want to be, and focus on culture and improve that. And it's been an incredibly rewarding experience to do that. And that's not just the job of a chief people officer. It takes a village. And we have actually formed a culture of leadership group. And that group is comprised of influencers across the organization who are really passionate about this type of thing. And they were a part of assessing where we were at, where we wanted to be, defining our leadership principles as a company. And those groups of individuals, we have four leadership principles. We go deep on them each quarter. And those groups presented all hands, put initiatives in place, and just have a a ton of fun with it and really own it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, Can you give me an example of one of the leadership principles? I might have missed it. No, I did not share those. So we call them our core leadership principles. And that acronym stands for communication, operational excellence, relationships, and expectations. And it happens that this quarter, for example, the relationships group, we go deep on that. And they've put a lot of different fun things in place. I think from a relationship standpoint, especially in a remote environment, you want to continue to really foster those connections And they implemented baseball cards, which they feature in Slack. You can put a really fun pick on the front that embodies who you are as an individual. I had one of myself in my leading at PSYOPs baseball cap with my yellow lab, Sasha, who I just absolutely adore. And then on the back, there are stats, including what are your hobbies, your superpowers, some fun fact about you. If you had to name your baseball team, what would it be? And seeing those come out across the company with everyone is just really fun. And you realize you have things in common with people that you didn't realize before. It creates connections. They do a day of service, a gratitude day, spirit week, all kinds of different things throughout their quarter to really focus on relationships. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, And again, I mean, incredible how much attention and time and resources you're putting into this as such a small, relatively small company. And I've heard about, usually it's the bosses that do it, but I've heard people doing the like, the how to work with me user manual, you know, type thing. And this sounds like a good, yeah. So, but this sounds like a a fun spin on it, right? Like now here's, here's my baseball card. Here's my stat card that everybody can learn from and, and build the relationship. That's really cool. 
I'm always fascinated about support and or training for frontline leaders, frontline managers, because by definition, they're going to be touching 80% of the frontline folks. Most of how we feel about engagement comes back to who our boss is. But in a company your size, I wouldn't be surprised if you're not yet really doing much to train or develop your frontline managers. A lot of times that doesn't really come into place until a company is thousands of employees in size. So what are you doing for that group? Yeah, you know, first, I think just I'm super proud of our managers. I want to say that out of the gate. We just did our pulse engagement survey. So we do a mid-year pulse. We do a full engagement survey every year. And our managers just had the highest scores of all factors measured across the survey, which was incredible. And I we do a combination of training, exposure, real life experiences that foster their growth. I think when I think about size of company, I don't think it matters. I think the number one thing you need to do is have strong leadership, strong managers, hire right for that culture. And we recently, we've gone through a couple of org changes and reductions in force as many folks out there have. And in the midst of all of that and being a smaller company than we were, our managers scored this highly, which is wow. super awesome. And you know, some of the things we do, we offer a leading app program and we have cohorts that participate in various sessions. It goes over a period of months. It's a combination of assignments, videos, readings, experiences, sharing knowledge, and more. And there's a huge benefit to that just in sharing ideas and building relationships with other managers. And we have the team graduate. They get leading out baseball caps, which I mentioned earlier. And we celebrate with pictures of cohorts and Slack and, and things like that. In addition to training, we offer BetterUp. I don't know if you've heard of BetterUp, but they are an on-demand coaching platform with really high-quality coaches that take a whole-person approach to coaching which is great with the amount of ambiguity, stress, and everything that's been going on in the world to have that for at least a cohort. We have a PSYOPs mentor PSYOPs program. Wow. We ensure that managers have leaders or access to leaders at all levels across the company. And there's opportunities for informal leadership or employees at all levels to develop through other programs we have, such as that culture of leadership group. People volunteer to lead those groups. And we have another program that's called PSYOPs Neighborhoods, where employees can opt into leadership roles too. Jeez, you are doing a lot and perhaps a lot more than a lot of companies I know that are much bigger than you. So, you know, I really, I really applaud that. And what an achievement. I've been doing employee engagement work for like 30 years now. And typically engagement will take a big hit two times. When a company has merged with another company, there's a merger going on and people are fearing they might lose their jobs or if there's been a reduction in workforce. And it's because it takes a hit on that future vision. Geez, everything was going so great. We've had to make an adjustment. My engagement, I'm a little a little uncertain. And so for your leaders, it is possible. It is rare, but you've just proven it is possible that you can actually maintain strong engagement, strong manager effectiveness scores, even during tougher times, even during times of adjustment. It's not easy, but it is possible. It kind of gives everybody hope and lets leaders know that that's often their time to shine. Like it's one thing to be, a great leader when the sun's out and the weather's clear. It's another, you know, during the storms. Let me shift gears here a little bit. You you talked about doing the the annual engagement survey. You know, it sounds like a six month pulse. Are there other ways that you're gathering feedback or listening to your colleagues? Yeah, there absolutely are. We do a monthly all hands, and we actually just announced that we're going to be kicking off something called Hot Topics 
where we're going to use Lattice, which is our talent management platform. They have a newer Q&A tool. Employees can submit questions, vote them up and down. And we're excited because that's going to allow us to know what topics are top of mind for everyone. And hey, you're pulling the whole company together. Let's talk about what really matters when, when you have everyone in the room, if you will, at the same time. Our CEO also does skip level meetings across all departments in the company that I've been attending. And we just talk about whatever's on an individual or a team member's mind. They ask questions. We ask questions. It's pretty free-flowing and actually fantastic insights from that as well. And I think, you know, when I think about going back to the surveys, when you were asking, hey, you do these and the scores and talking a little bit about the managers and the accomplishments, I think the key thing is both measuring how you're doing and following through on the feedback you receive. And if you don't do that, gathering that feedback is just meaningless, right? And I think that's one of the things, our track record of taking action on feedback and answering tough questions when they're asked in an open environment, I think that really encourages the feedback. And it also informs our people strategy and programs that we're putting in place. The feedback folks give have resulted in some really cool things being done across the company. Yeah, the guaranteed way to disengage your employee base is to ask them all those questions and never get back to them. <laughs> then the next time it comes around, they'll be like, what are we doing this for anyway? So that, yeah, that that's follow-up exactly is key. It. It's not survey fatigue, it's lack of action fatigue. Like I'm not going to do anything, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, that's going to have to be a poll quote in an article because that's what you <laughs> usually hear is people have survey fatigue. And it's not necessarily that, it's your lack of feedback, lack of action fatigue, perhaps. So you, you've covered so many things, Michelle, from you know leading at and the, the surveys with the follow-up, mentoring, the better up coaches. You've got so much going on. Is there anything else you would want to share or put the spotlight on that we haven't already talked about, any special program or initiative? Yeah. I mean, there, I think there's a few cool things that people would be excited about that have you know helped to drive our engagement and initiatives that have, have come out of that. One is our innovation staycation. Mm. And the innovation staycation is all about having an opportunity to sit back, relax, and innovate with nothing else getting in the way. We offer a week off for employees to spend time learning, crafting, innovating on whatever topic, project, idea, whatever that they're passionate about. And then they present that back to their team. So everyone knows what they focused on. They share their experience and their learning so everyone can benefit from it. People love it. And it really does give a whole different type of time off. I mentioned PSYOPs neighborhoods a little bit earlier, but those connections and relationships are a critical part of our culture. And when we went from being primarily in two offices to fully remote, we launched this program that ensures all employees are a part of a neighborhood based upon where they live. And then we have a budget. We encourage in-person and or remote connections, really depending on proximity to each other and do things throughout the year. We have a Slack channel by neighborhood where groups can communicate, support each other, just connect. And like I said, it also gives another opportunity for informal leadership across those regions where folks can head up that region and really lead the way. So those are a couple of the, I think, more fun programs that we've put in place. Probably the two things employees comment on most or the two words I see the most in our engagement surveys are recharge days. And before they were in vogue, we put recharge days in place, which are in general, one or two Fridays a month where everyone's off on the same day with the philosophy, if everyone's not off, it's going to be really hard to recharge. And because of their feedback, those have stuck around post-pandemic as well, which is absolutely fabulous. 
Yeah, that's brilliant. And that's it's so astute. If you give me a recharge day, but I know my boss is still hitting me with Slack messages or there's emails waiting or something, you know, I'm not totally relaxed. But if I know everyone's taking the day off, I'm not going to feel guilty about it. I'm not going to be quite as glued to the devices. I really like the way you've implemented right? that. Absolutely. Let me ask, let me ask a couple of fun ones. You know, we're a, this is a short format podcast. I could go on for a long time and go <laughs> deep about any of these. But a little bit more fun, you know, imagine that you could send every colleague a book or a podcast, or, or maybe it's a Netflix show. I'm not sure, but it's like some piece of media. <laughs> and they promise, they said, okay, Michelle, I'll, I'll read it. I'll listen to it. I'll really take it to heart. Like, what would you send everyone? Oh, you know what? That is a hard one for me to pick like just one book. I have a history of gifting many books to colleagues over the year. <laughs> years. And I've had the good fortune of also working for a lot of exceptional leaders that have written great books that I've gifted as well. I think I'm going to go with the one that I just gifted to my team over the holidays. And I actually borrowed from this book for a recent all hands meeting as we were going through organizational change this year. And it was The Five Graces of Life and Leadership by Gary Bernison, the CEO of Corn Ferry. And my why behind it was really it's it's relevant it's meaningful. There's the added bonus of being full of really great pictures, big font, and an easy read. But most importantly, it's a great reminder for all of us to choose to move forward with grace. Mm. And just the message behind all of it just was really incredible from a standpoint of focusing on the fact that true grace emerges through pressure and sometimes under fire. It calls us to accountability, responsible responsibility, and action. After all, the accountability we want to see in others starts with each of us, and it's our choice to move forward with grace. And I, it just really resonated with the moment and the yeah. times right now. He also has a great email series, by the way, that I subscribe to, short snippets, inspiring, that I read every week. Yeah, I think Gary's work is incredible. I've I've been a fan from afar of his, and he's sort of a modern-day almost like philosopher king. Like he's the CEO yes, of this massive yes. <laughs> organization. And yet he really is wise and obviously speaks with a lot of heart and emotion. I thought he had really important work during the pandemic and with all the, the protests and everything. It was, you know, maybe some of his best work. This is just sharing as a friend. It's amazing. So I, I've been blessed to meet and interview all kinds of people around the world for my podcast, my books, President Obama, actor Alan All, et cetera. I've never been able to get to Gary. Like, <laughs> I feel like I can get to almost any human on the planet at this point like, for a good interview or a cup of coffee. I've never been able to get through his people. But I would encourage people like me, even if you can't get face to face with him, like read his email, read his book. He's really a great thinker. And I think undervalued, probably because he is still running a company that's in the space. He's really undervalued as a thought leader uh, for all of us out there these days. I couldn't agree more. Just so relatable. Very relatable. Yeah. Very yeah, which relatable. is not, not easy. So let me shift it up again. And I want you to think back to like when you first became a chief people officer, like what's something you know now or believe now that you didn't necessarily know back then? You know, sort of like what advice would you give to the younger version of yourself? Uh, what a fun question. Hindsight really sharpens your vision, doesn't it? You know, I think it's a lot of of learning on this journey. And when you hear chief people officer, it's certainly a lot of responsibility, right? Shaping people's strategy and driving the experience for everyone. And I don't take that lightly. And I've really learned your strategy is going to evolve over time. But the importance of having a people strategy, a strong culture, and being deliberate about it won't. I think mm -hmm. that's really key. 
I've also learned it's the little things that have the biggest impact, both the things you do and don't do. And when I step back and really think about it, it's about empowering and inspiring others to do great things and create an exceptional culture. Mm. It starts with really building a kick-ass team. And I feel like my team is exceptional. I know I totally, totally have a biased opinion, but the who really matters at every level, right? From having an amazing boss, a team, hiring the people that align with your culture and mission to bring out everyone's best work, not being afraid to make tough decisions. And you know you're successful when you can watch everyone around you Mm -hmm. own and drive all things people. It's not all on you. And if I could look back stepping into it, I'd be like, listen, don't take yourself so seriously. Learn from what goes well and what doesn't. Boldly encourage change and innovation. Like you don't need extreme disruption to force it. Like we've seen over the last several years, your resilience and comfort with ambiguity is going to pay off in spades. Who would have known? And just have fun because truly being a CPO here at SIAPS has been one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever had. It's just been absolutely incredible. No, that's fantastic. It's great that some of that advice, it sounds like you've learned to relax into the role. Maybe that wasn't, you weren't as relaxed early on. That is the quote you should put. (laughs) I should have thought of that, Relax into the role. I mean, that... You said it in your own words. I'm just telling you what I heard. (laughs) No, I, I think that's exactly it. And I think, you know, if you look at it that way and think of the past few years, right? The pace of transformation in the workplace with what we're all doing, it's unprecedented. Incredible. And the people team has largely been leading and transforming culture, right? Through all of that. And the business has depended on it. And I think it's been incredible to me to experience how people leaders have come together and just shared knowledge, whether it's crowdsourcing what's working for you, just putting everything out there in a way that you didn't seem in the past that has really lifted each other and the people function up entirely. And I think that ability to lead through ambiguity, to impact our teams positively through all the world has thrown our way has been bigger than any one of us. And I think that that has also been something that is different than what I've seen in the past. And I'm just so grateful to my fellow people leaders out there and everything that they've shared and the partnership that you've seen in a whole new way too has been something really cool that's come from the last few years. All of that good work and and those efforts are going to continue but you mentioned your kick-ass team. Um, what yeah. will you and your kick-ass team... Am I allowed team... to say that? Sorry. Oh, you're the first. <laughs> you're going to be the first. You could say that. So what will your priorities be with all this cool stuff going on? Like for the year ahead, what do you want to explore, experiment with, double down on? Yeah, culture and employee experience is going to continue to be front and center for us. And I think when you look at our employee value proposition, we build everything around that. And for us, it's about flexibility, wellness, and growth, Mm. and really different ways to continue to propel that in a fully remote environment. And I think that fully remote environment also largely does fuel wellness and flexibility and all of that, which is terrific. Org design and change management is going to be super critical. We've had a lot of change this year. And continuing to manage through that is certainly going to be a top priority leader and manager effectiveness. You know, we talked about that a little bit, but that's critical no matter what and continuing to focus on that and communication around our business strategy and those areas that are top of mind for our employees. I think those are your top focal points. 
And what about the business itself? I mean, you guys are obviously doing important work and continue to evolve. I'm hearing a lot about AI from everyone. I think you guys were probably on it earlier than others. But what's most exciting to you about the the company right now? What's going on at PsyUps that you're most excited about? Yeah, there's a lot that's going on that I'm excited about. I think one, with all of the change we've been through, some of it's been tough. And at the same time, there's been a lot of folks promoted with growth opportunities And we've had leadership opportunities that were created that have brought just new creativity and thinking to our leadership team, which is super exciting. We've also had a change in how we're structured and our way of working has evolved with really inspiring levels of collaboration and innovation. And from a product standpoint, our balance of service and technology offerings is evolving. And we've got some new things in the works that I'm excited about, but I think people will have to keep an eye out to learn more about that. I know I'm being a little bit vague, but... (laughs) I was going to say, we'll just have to have you back on in uh, later in the next year and you can reveal all of these things that you're just hinting at right now. Right, right, exactly. Michelle, I really appreciate, again, um, you know, time's our most valuable asset, so I don't take it lightly. You've uh, blessed us today with some time to talk just not about the great work you're doing, but some ideas that I think people are going to be able to steal next week. They'll be able to to go to their own team and say, hey, I heard about this idea we ought to try. So that's very generous oh, of you. I so. That would be great. Yeah. Thank you for all the time. Thank you so much, Kevin. It was very nice meeting you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Culture Code Podcast. Are you looking to build, refine, or revamp a training program? We team up with companies like Northwestern Mutual, Cineos Health, and Duck Creek Technologies to roll out highly engaging training series for emerging leaders, new managers, women in leadership, high potential managers, sales enablement, and more. Check it out at leadx.org. What makes these series so uniquely engaging? We help you build a full system of development that leverages our cutting-edge platform and world-class training. We blend together world-class cohort-based virtual training and group coaching, personalized nudges, micro-learning, and on-demand office hour-style coaching. Go check it out at leadx.org.